0: to the preaching ministry of Port St. Lucie Bible Church. We are a Christian church whose goal is to faithfully preach Christ from Scripture so that we might better love and serve Him. We pray that this message from God's Word would engage your mind with the truth and inspire your heart to obey Christ. Here's today's message. All right, well that, that is wonderful, wonderful encouragement as uh, we do think about not just Christ has been raised, We're all going to rise. And you'll, be, you'll rise either to judgment or you'll rise to glory with Christ. Everyone's going to rise. But today is concentrated primarily uh, about us who are going to rise uh, uh, with Christ in glory. Uh, we, he just went on ahead of us. I've titled today's message, um, Keeping the Target in Your Sights. Now, that may sound like a kind of a long title, but it's not near as long as our passage today in Philippians chapter (laughs) 3. All right. This will be a chapter where the Apostle Paul exhorts with great passion, with great passion, Christians in an ancient city named Philippi. he exhorts them to keep pressing on toward the goal of the prize. Press on towards conforming our behavior to the likeness of Jesus Christ. Get this. In the here and now. I.e., uh, it is a goal. Again, it's a goal of sinless, uh, sinlessness perfection. Perfection. Think about that. Sinlessness and perfection. If I were to choose a title today to put in the bulletin for this message, I would probably simply name it The Upward Call of God. The Upward Call of God. And even Paul the Apostle himself will admit in this passage, I have not yet obtained it. And we know from numerous other passages in the Scriptures uh, that we also will not experience a state of perfect sinlessness, uh, also known as glorification, while we live uh, in this life, uh, at least until Christ returns or calls me home. But nonetheless, we are to live in the here and now as if the power of Christ is in me. For it is written, First 1 Peter 1.16, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And the day Christ returns, our physical bodies will be resurrected and transformed as His was on the third day. Yet already today, this power in the resurrection, its great power in Christ's spirit, it's already living in all who know Him as Savior. Philippians chapter 3 ends uh, by confirming that, that these bodies will be brought into conformity with His resurrected body. In the text, it's going to be called the body of His glory. It indicates our final stage or or our state of glorification when He comes. We will receive, like His, a resurrected and glorified body that will never again sin. Therefore, we will never die. All believers will follow Him in His resurrection. Uh, He just went on ahead for us. Ours is delayed. Uh, This is the promise of Christ's resurrection for every Christian. When we see Him, Scripture assures, we will be like Him. That is 1 John 3 verse 2. Like Him in body, not in His deity. We, we ourselves do not ever become gods, uh, but we will be like him bodily uh, sinlessness, and, and therefore we will never die. We also have to acknowledge that we will not attain a state of sinless glory during this lifetime. That, that state will be future. Um, nonetheless, Scripture also adds this caveat. By the Holy Spirit, we have already been born again and we have been spiritually raised from the dead. That that is what we profess in water baptism. That in Christ we believe that we too have died, have been buried, we're dead to our old self. And as we come up out of the water again, we profess... That I am living anew for Christ. That is what is pictured in water baptism. We died to our old self. Scripture, some passages, some translations call it the old man. We've died to our old man, but we have been raised to new life. And we are therefore by His Spirit made alive to God. And by that same Spirit, we have entered, by faith, we've entered by faith a phase or a state which Scripture calls sanctification. It's a big word that just means being made more holy, being more like Jesus. And sanctification is how the Bible describes the spiritual process of, of being conformed to Jesus. The the spiritual process of being conformed to God's holiness. And for those who already know Christ as Savior, that has already begun. That that is not future. That is here and now. All Christians have entered into this process of conformity through sanctification. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation old things have passed away behold new things have come he has made all things new so we are already completely new in spiritual beings as as spiritual beings but we still live in this old body We're new spiritual beings in an old body. Uh, And being made new is the reason why, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. This is why the Apostle Paul can say this, us being new creatures. He can command, Put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood... Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. He continues, be angry, yet do not sin. He continues, he who steals must steal no longer. And then let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, etc., etc., the commands of the Bible. At the Last Supper, on the eve of... Christ's crucifixion. He prayed this to his Father on behalf of his disciples, John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And the sanctifying or, or the cleansing agent that we learned uh, last Thursday evening, we had an evening service here celebrating the Last Supper. That cleansed, cleansing agent, it's the word of Christ. The word of God, it's it's the Bible, it cleanses us, it it sanctifies us. Through the power of believing the gospel, that that Christ died for our sins on the cross, that he was raised from the dead on the third day, uh, through the power of believing the gospel through faith in Christ, Christians have entered into a state of incremental transformation. Incremental transformation. We're slowly advancing into a moral reflection of Jesus. This is, this is even while we are still waiting on the day of Christ when he will return in his glory. On that day, boom! That is when our spirit will, will be uh, united in proper alignment with a new body. Our new resurrected body, we read about it, we sang about it today. Um, our, our bodies will be instantly transformed to match and to rejoin our spirits. But don't worry about the, uh, the transitional uh, phase right now in heaven, and what Christians are experiencing there, those who died in Christ. Set that aside, that is another sermon for another day the transitional state until all this occurs. But we who remain alive will immediately get an extreme makeover. If we are alive when Christ returns, it will be, boom, extreme makeover. Instantaneously. Previously deceased Christians, those who have died, or scriptures called them falling asleep, they will be reunited with what will be their resurrected and glorified bodies and finally death is going to be swallowed up in victory. Oh death where is your victory? Oh death where is your sting? It'll be swallowed up in Christ's victory. And although our bodies are not glorified yet, through faith in Christ's sacrifice for our sins, and in the in belief of his resurrection on the 3rd day, The Spirit has placed us in this process of sanctification. I think we all will agree that we haven't reached sinless perfection yet. It's not yet our human experience. Nevertheless, nevertheless, Scripture and the indwelling Holy Spirit, it places sinlessness out in front of us, as a goal, as a finish line, it sets it out uh, in front of us, so as uh, so as we can remain fixed upon it, fixed upon uh, uh, finishing well, finishing well in Jesus Christ. This should be every Christian's goal. It's all we look forward to. We've all entered the race. And our sights remain fixated on that finish line. Set out there ahead of us. Folks, that is where we are going to make the victory lap. And hoist the prize. Therefore, today we run. We run with passion. We we pursue A mortification of sin, putting the old man away, putting the body of sin to death in our daily lives. We put sin in our members to death using the tonic of truth, the Word of God. Folks, that is the process of sanctification. With this fresh in our minds... Folks, we have also entered the race to win. It means we ignore distractions from the sidelines. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And this is because First John 2.17, the world is passing away. And also are its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. How? Because Christ has been raised, we will too be raised. And we are going to dwell with him forever. And folks, the end of this race... It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of our victory lap throughout eternity. The end, the finish line, is the beginning. That'll be where our perpetual experience in eternity begins. So it's also a starting line. And so we have to keep the target in our sights. There's a question probably all of you have. And here it is. If we are saved through grace, or by grace through faith, if we are saved by grace through faith, and we are, so since we are saved by grace and through faith, well, what motive is there for me to pursue godliness? Purity, holiness. Yes, if everything's just going to start anew anyhow, you know, why not just succumb to the yearnings of my flesh? Why not just enjoy this season for a while? Well, there are a couple answers. Well, there's more than a couple answers, but I'll give you two. The first is only going to make sense to those of us who are born again. Who truly believe that Christ is God's Son who, who died for our sins and rose. It only makes sense to us. Uh, but I'm going to take a little liberty here which, which I think is with sufficiently within the bounds of Scripture. Within the boundaries of Scripture. But a little liberty. At the end of this race there is a prize. Imagine Christ hanging a ribbon around your neck for you to wear throughout eternity. Everybody gets a ribbon. It's based on a classification. And I realize that 1 Corinthians chapter 9, there Paul the Apostle says that, well, only one re- receives the prize. Folks, but that is just an earthly illustration to help us understand how hard we have to run. To to spur us on. Uh, We know on earth when someone runs and competes in the game, there's only one who wins. So Paul is saying, run that you might win. It's just an earthly illustration. But folks, there is not just one ribbon for first place there is a whole division of first place there's a, there's a classification a broad classification of first place then there's second place then third oh then there's a class of fourth place well then fifth place Wait, there's honorable mention. Then there's uh there's one more. That's a participation pin. No, no. Wait, there's there's still one more. Disqualification from the race. Those who did not run. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27, it was. I discipline my body and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Folks, there may be preachers today, there may be people today who are preaching the gospel and a resurrection, and they're not even running. Answer number two. Number one is everybody's going to get a prize, except the ones who are disqualified. Answer number two. You and I do not get a choice to not run. Not an option. We must run. Maintaining the finish line in our sights, R.C. Sproul says, Of all people, a devout Calvinist, R.C. Sproul says, He writes concerning this disqualification from the prize. It would be wrong to dismiss or minimize Paul's concern by suggesting that it is merely hypothetical or relates only to rewards and not salvation. Paul was confident, writes writes Sproul, that absolutely nothing would be able to separate him from God's love. But... He never presumed that he was saved regardless of what he did. Sproul says no Christian can afford to take lightly the warnings of Scripture because these warnings are the God appointed means by which true believers persevere till the end. Folks, we don't get to drop out of this race. A race that Philippians chapter 3 describes as the upward call of God. Folks, dropping out of the race will get you disqualified. I think we can put some of that in our predestination pipe and smoke it. Dropping out of the race will get you disqualified. Disqualified. It is those of us who are predestined who run. We are the ones who run. And I am determined to see that each one of us gets to the finish line. Another hypothetical scenario. As a pastor, you have to be concerned about these things. Because I imagine... I'm probably going to be there in some form as people are crossing the finish line, hypothetically. I'd like to see everybody in first place. I'd like to see myself in first place. Only God will decide who's in what place. But um just imagine us crossing that finish line in classifications, and you know, I see Tim or Timmy Gunter, he's coming in first place. Yeah, you got Gigi back there; she's coming in first place again. God does the judging, not me. I'm just looking at what you know. See people do, and you see more coming in in first place, and they they filter in, and and uh, eventually over time, you see some more coming in through the pack and everything. And I see you know Gilbert's in there; he's running, running hard, hitting it got more coming. Gilbert comes across the line. I don't know what classification he's in, but God will decide that. And he'll come across the line. I'll see him there, God willing. Uh, everything will go well. And and then I'll look with him. I say, Gilbert, uh, where's uh well I won't say his name. <laughs> Gilbert, where where's where's he at? You might you might keep looking and say, he's lumbering. Yeah, he, he's, he's lumbering along. He's, he's going to make it. He's going to get his participation pin, a little plastic one, to wear throughout eternity. But the fear is real. There will be some who just decide not to run. Turning finally to Philippians chapter 3. the Apostle Paul includes a bit of an autobiography. He begins by warning against false teachers who, you know, they proclaim that you can attain a righteous standing before God through your works. Paul even adds, I used to be one of them. Previous to his conversion that occurred on the road to Damascus, which we'll be discussing in not too much longer in our series through Acts, but previous to his conversion, Paul had much confidence in himself. came from a good background, excelled at studying religion, he, he practiced Judaism, excelled at it. A great zeal. Uh, he was so zealous, even to the point, that he, he persecuted the bride of Christ. very zealous even as an unbeliever he achieved very high moral standards he abided by the law uh, when he sinned he offered the prescribed sacrifice of god so so he was blameless under the law under regulations of it you know religion remains popular today really popular you know some some will attend uh church on christmas and easter and and they'll drop a 20 in the, in the hat as it goes by, and they'll think, man, I just did something pretty incredible. I used to be like them. Now I know I haven't achieved anything incredible. Only Christ has achieved what is incredible. And Paul will state in this passage, I had to ditch all of that selfish, selfish, self-righteousness. That, that self-righteous religion. And I had to do it to grasp hold of the salvation that is available in Christ. The perfect, sinless righteousness of God's Son. He said, that's what I'm going to grab hold of. Folks, there, there is infinite power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ to forgive everyone's sin. Even the most wretched of sinners. The lack of perfection, it's never in Jesus. It's always in us. And we all need reconciliation to God. We all need forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Faith in Christ does not lead to shallow religion, but a deep transformation. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul will describe his own entering of that transformation process, sanctification. Becoming holy, be, being sanctified it, it, can be, it can be painful. slow process, frustrating. You know, I, I for one, disappoint myself daily. But because Christ is my Lord and Savior, I will also strive daily. strive and press forward for the upper upward call of God that is in Christ Jesus and the prize. That awaits. This is the power of Christ in me. I have nothing of merit to offer. I have nothing of myself to offer. That's something we all share in common. But justified by God's grace through the flow of Jesus' blood that was poured out to cover our sins at Calvary. By this, we must enter the race to win. Paul will say, join in my example. Follow the example that I have left. The example you see even in others whom you know. And finally, he offers a sobering lament through his own tears. Through his tears. He says, there are those who have made a profession of Christ who will not run. They, they decided the finish line, it's, it's just too far off. Too hard. I'm tired. You know, the race has become wearisome to me. They won't fight on. They look around and say, you know, the world's much more alluring in a traffic than that finish line way out there. All kinds of things I can spend my time on in the world, and they surrender their minds and their bodies to the passions of the glories found on earth. You know, they they even think, some are even thinking, you know, I, I think I might just establish a permanent residence here. But for those who are predestined in Christ, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And we never take our eyes off the goal or its prize, which is Jesus. That is the longest introduction to a passage that I have ever made It's a passage that can speak entirely for itself. It's a short chapter that will speak volumes to us on Resurrection Sunday. And notice that Paul drops the promise of his own resurrection as a motive right in the middle. This is Philippians chapter 3. I had about three more pages of notes for after this cut them off this morning. When I was finalizing, I just cut them off. The passage is going to say it all for itself. You already know what to do anyhow, right? So let's close by listening to God's word as the encouragement before we depart. Um, I might as well begin reading in verse 1. And I will conclude with verse 1 of chapter 4. Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and the glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcise the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, and as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. Pretty religious guy. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be and may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived by the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness with which comes from God on the basis of faith, Faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I too may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which. Also, I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Let us, therefore, as many as are mature, have this attitude. And if there is anything, you have a different attitude. God will reveal that to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained At the cross, we attained the righteousness of Christ. Paul says, live to that standard. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also uh, eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory, by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we think of that that perfect righteousness of your Son, that greatness with which you bestowed on Him, that that He became a man, your only Son, clothed Himself with humanity, and lived a life entirely without sin, Then he gave himself on a cross to die for ours, Lord, what what a marvelous thing has been done. Through the power of the resurrection, you've given us a new life, a new purpose, a new hope, and a new goal in Christ Jesus. Though we can admit we have not obtained it yet, Father, Strengthen us to press on. Strengthen us by your Spirit to, to reach for that prize, to run hard, to experience a life of great fruit and joy in the service of your beloved. And as we cross that finish line, eventually, Father, uh, we pray that everything we have done on this earth has been pleasing in your sight. Father, make it happen. Open hearts. If anyone here has for the first time heard this gospel, that Christ has died for us, but he has rose, and that through his blood we are cleansed in him, uh, Lord, uh, do a work in them. Make them a new creature. Take old things away before your son comes.